The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoopball NBA DFS today. I am Andrew Hansen. Happy to be joined by Mike Apatria. And we do apologize as we get going here on the Monday slate for January 6th. We're a little bit behind schedule due to technical difficulties, but Mike just got home from work and he jumped right on. So we're going to record. And we thank you for your patience. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, I, I, you know, this is the latest that we'll ever be recording for a podcast for a slate. So um, I don't know if I could be any more prepared for it. So uh, that's the good news. And hopefully, right. uh, you know, everybody, uh, you accept our apologies on this one. But we're going to motor through this as fast as possible. That way you have enough time to kind of, uh, you know, break down. Hopefully you have some shells going already and just uh, approach this slate and attack it. So I'm yeah. ready to go. Absolutely. That's great. So usually we go a little bit into some lineups. Um, I'm just going to mention a quick fun fact. In case you missed it, there was a block party last night in L.A. The Lakers blocked 20 shots. A.D. had eight. JaVale had six. Dwight had five. Avery Bradley had one. So that got me thinking this morning. What is the team record for blocks in a game? And it's 23. The Raptors did it back in 2001 against Atlanta. It also got me thinking, what is the individual record for blocks? And it's 17, and it was by a Laker. And that's the trivia question of the day. Which Laker holds the record for blocks in a game by one player? So for the listeners, we're going to give you the answer at the end of the podcast. See if you can figure it out without looking it up. All right, that's the test. Um, it's not an easy one, so I'd be I'd be surprised if you can get it. But good luck with that. I think I that. might know this one. I think oh, I really? Might know this All right, one. so we'll give you a shot at the end of the podcast. In the meantime, we've got to mention our presenting sponsors, MyBookie.ag. They are the place to go for wagers, parlays, straight bets, um, and this is a great time of year to do it. We're in the middle of the NFL playoffs. We're wrapping up bowl season. We're in full swing here with the NBA, you know, eight, nine games a night, so all kinds of action over there. Please do go check them out. Use the promo code DFS today. That's the name of our show, DFS today, and get a 50% match. Um, all the way up to a $2,000 deposit. So if you if you deposit $2,000, they'll match you up to $1,000. So go check them out. And we also need to sh- give a shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. They keep us going. Mike and I started our days this morning with some uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee goodness. And that's why we've got some energy to bring this show to you right now. So, absolutely man that's, that's how we do that stuff man you all know it you all know that's how we get going it's not so, too late it's not even too late I'm, it's it's 4 30 eastern time right now best believe i got the Hawaiian Isles still in my cup oh yeah excellent all right well mike let's let's jump right into it and the exciting thing for me is the first game on the slate boston washington is the game that i want to stack the most it's uh 226 over under boston is traveling to washington They've got that 30th ranked defense. We know Kemba is out. So are you going to go ahead and stack that Boston backcourt? 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to stack it, but I'll definitely have some good exposure to it. I mean, uh, I think this is a perfect spot for a nice little bounce back game for Marcus Smart. Um, you know, we hit the nail on the head. Coach and I were talking about it. We, I, we hopped right off it after that big game. Uh, some other people might be burned a little bit. Some people might be box score watching and see the down game. But this is the perfect example, a perfect matchup for him to come back. He's going to get Isaiah Thomas defense. Uh, I have no problem going towards him at 5,200. And then you, you just look at the other three guys. I mean, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward all in play. Um when I look at those three guys with Walker out, I like to go towards Brown just because he's that he's right in the middle as far as price. Uh, a lot of people, when they look at this, it's it's a toss-up really between the three of these guys. They're all in good spots, and they can all easily hit value in this matchup. But if you're just looking at one, I'll probably lean towards Brown just because he'll probably have the lowest ownership. And he tends to play very well without Kemba. He takes a, a lot of assertiveness in that offense. Um, so that's going to be my two main targets. Again, I don't want, I don't mind if you want to go to Tatum or Hayward, um, but I'm, I'm probably only going to have two guys at most in this game. And that's only because there's so many other guys on this slate that I do like some other games I want to get to. So um, it's a very, very stackable game, but I'm probably taking the approach where, um, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere in some other games. But if you're running out 20 lineups and you are stacking it, yeah, you want to get exposure. I'd say at least three of those guys. Definitely. That, that'd be my focus as well. I kind of like Hayward. Um, I just you never know with uh, with Jalen Brown, but that's why, you know, stack it. If you're doing multiple lineups, get Hayward in one, get Brown in another. And over on the Washington side, Beal is questionable right now. So that's going to be a, um, a big piece of news. If he's out, you're going to go back to McCray. Uh, yeah, I actually am. I don't I don't mind the Boston matchup. I mean, he's going to probably come off the bench. I'm assuming that he's been starting a little bit here and there. So we'll want to wait and see if he's starting. He's going to get that. Uh, that Marcus Smart treatment, probably. All right. Actually, you know, what do you think? Marcus Smart on, on Thomas, if he starts, it's hit or miss. Yeah, that'll be interesting. The former teammates defending each other, perhaps. Um, you know, I, 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 I feel like with Marcus Smart, they move him around a lot. So I, I think McCray will probably get some of his defense, probably especially late in the game. Um, although he is he is pretty long. So, um, you know, they may, they may mix – um, even Jalen Brown over there to go with a little bit more size. So I, I don't think Marcus Smart would be on him all night, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah. but maybe some. And, and that, I mean, that doesn't really scare me off. At the end of the day, this guy's just a volume shooter. Uh, I don't believe Ish Smith is going to come back and perform like that again. He's, I surely don't think he's going to take 24 shots again. So um, I'm perfectly fine with going back to the well, getting McCray, probably at a much lower ownership than we're used to over the past few days. His price hasn't budged, and he still has the same amount of upside. Um, you know, despite blowout, he's pretty much blowout proof at this point. Uh, 29, 28 minutes probably at the low end, and we've seen him get over 30 and 33, 34 a few times. So um, I have no problem going back to McCray. He's probably going to be my primary focus uh, on Washington. I'm not going to touch the front court. Um, you know, it's not just because, you know, what they are. Boston's been a great matchup all season long. It's generally a spot. I just think there's other, other guys that I'm going to be using um, in a lot of my other lineups that will get to some good value. So I'm really li- just looking at McCray. If Beal plays, that's, that's, he's, I think he's a spot-on great play. Um, we just want to see that he's going to be playing starter-level minutes. Uh, that's the biggest concern, especially after this absence. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if they limited his minutes for the rest of the season going forward. Um, and then Troy Brown Jr., I think he, he's a rock-solid option as well, but I'm not going to go out of my way to play him at 6,100 in a tight, uh, tough Boston matchup. Yeah, I'd probably pass on him as well because um, of that price tag. One value play I would look at is pass his sneaks off the bench at 3.6 going up against Cantor defense. So keep an eye on that. Uh, use it as one potential value play. All right, well, let's get to game number two here. We're going to go Indiana at Charlotte. 
The five-point favorites are the Pacers, and they've got the big news with Brogdon out, T.J. McConnell questionable. So are we going back to Aaron Holiday here at 5.8? Uh, I have no issues with it. I mean, it's it's a fantastic matchup. Uh, looking at that Charlotte backcourt, we know it's a spot that they could take advantage. Still a fair price tag. It seems like his floor is just right around that 20 to 30. So he's definitely a solid cash game play, and there's, there's always that tournament appeal. He can easily catch fire, shoot well from the field, uh, and get you 35 to 40 as well. And then Sabonis at 8.6. We do like big guys against Charlotte. Um, that price tag is a little bit higher than we usually see it. Will yeah. you have any exposure to Sabonis? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out of my way to to make sure I play him. You know, when you're when you're building your lineup, sometimes you're at the end with a forward or utility spot open. And if listen, if you just crammed a ton of the value, and I think there's a ton of it tonight. Um, and you get there, I don't mind it. It's it's a great matchup. You can you know it's looking at probably a floor of 40, uh, ceiling of like 53 in this kind of game. So I have no problem going to him. This is not going to go out of my way. I, you know, 20 lineups. I'm probably going to do. I'm probably going to max out the 20 entry max. Um, I'll probably have him like two, maybe three. All right. Now how about on the other side? We got Devonte at 7.7 and Terry Rozier at 6.7. Uh, Devante over Rozier, and I don't love either one of them too much, just uh, just because where they're falling as far as um, price tags and other guys I'm looking at. Uh, but you know, mentioning Graham, he's performed well against him. I think he's averaging 20 or 44 DK points in two games that they've played this season at 7700. He's not the bad option, so I'd probably prefer him over Rozier. Okay. Anybody on the Charlotte side? Uh, that's it. I'm really not going to be playing too much of Charlotte. If it, if anybody, it's going to be Graham. Um, and then, like I said, 7,700. It's there's tough. I, I got you know this late in the day, I start eliminating my player pool drastically, uh, as opposed to when we normally record the pod the night before. So uh, you're going to see me say no to a lot of guys, and it's not because I'm going to mention. It. I'm going to say they're not terrible plays, but I got to cross some guys out um, somehow. So you know, I'm I'm really kind of limiting my selection now. So that might help people, um, but I also don't want to sway people away from guys that you know maybe you have a gut feeling maybe you're really strong in a guy you did your research all throughout the day and you're stuck on this one guy just because i don't like him doesn't mean you jump off right okay well um let's see rogier was 7.7 so let's go to the next game brooklyn at orlando because we've got dinwiddie at 7.9 in that same price range we've got Kyrie and karis levert out do you like dinwiddie better at 7.9 so that's tough because uh, they both have tough matchups, and that's the only thing that's kind of steering me away from these guys. Um, but Dinwiddie's been getting funneled usage all season long with with Kyrie out. He should just keep loading up on it. I would expect you know 15 shot attempts, but uh, we got to keep in mind Orlando does play good defense. They do slow games down, tend to be in those lower scoring games. But I love this atmosphere as a whole with these two teams playing. This game secretly has overtime written all over it to me. Um, it's a sneaky little game stack where you can get exposure to some big pieces in it. And if it does cash in an overtime, surrounded by some other players that we'll get to, um, can really pay off. So I, I do like Dinwiddie in the scenario where, you're let's say, you're running it back with some Vucevic on the other side. Um, you know, it's going to be a little tougher for me to get one-offs on these guys. Uh, but I, I really don't mind looking at Dinwiddie. He's probably the only option I'm really looking at on uh, the Brooklyn side because of this game environment, like I spoke about. Um, and then looking at the uh, Orlando side, I, I like it's a center going against the Nets. And Vucevic has just been absolutely playing very like amazing since he returned from his uh, his ankle injury. So I have no problem going to him. He's got that floor 40 points. Uh, that's what we're looking for at a guy around that AK range. And then the, uh, the matchup just gives him tons of upside. This can be one of those 55 to 60 point Vucevic nights. Um, it's just Brooklyn does that. They allow it. 
And if you're not playing him, you could look at Aaron Gordon at 6K. He's kind of stepped up a little bit. He is nursing a little bit of an injury. He's been talking about the Achilles injury bothering him for a while. But he's been playing through it for a while, too. So if they're going to give him 30, 30-plus minutes, I don't mind looking at him. Uh, he's had about four games over the past seven or eight where he's had at least 11 rebounds. And I would expect that upside to be there in a matchup against Brooklyn. Okay. One other question about this game. It is a five-point spread, so certainly could stay close. Is the guard situation with Orlando – uh, Michael, Michael Carter-Williams continues to be out. Any interest in Fultz at 5.0 or DJ Augustine, who's had some big games recently at 4.8? They're they're low. They're like, you know, tournament plays. Um, at the end of the day, they're bolts in the chamber. They have the matchup. So a lot of the times you look for a guy like that in a tournament to be a low-owned play because a lot of people are going to gravitate towards those guys like Vucevic and Gordon who clearly have uh, a phenomenal matchup and are just, you know, popping out off the board. So I don't mind those guys as tournament one-offs if you're building multiple lineups, uh, but I'm not going to sit there and structure a lineup around them. I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it around the guys that they're popping off the page. <laughs> that would be a first, right, if we structured a lineup around <laughs> DJ Augustine. <laughs> hey, listen, if you had him in that one game where he just went buck wild, I think it was like, what, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago? Uh, I can't remember who it was against, but he came out and just exploded for like 40 or 50. Uh, oh, there he was. It's, it's yeah, against Washington. Washington, yep. Uh, for 40, and it, at the end of the day, it's one of those scenarios I just spoke about. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Orlando going to Washington. Everybody's probably looking at guys like who Vucevic, Eric Gordon. I, I'm sure Jonathan Isaac was healthy in that game. So those are the guys that are popping off and probably had the most ownership. But if you were to tell me DJ Augustine went off against Washington, I would say I'm not that surprised. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they are the 30th ranked defense, so – Certainly, um, that was an attractive night, and uh, he's the ultimate tournament play. So, uh, all right, well, let's move on to game four. This is Oklahoma City traveling to Philadelphia. And the fun fact about this game is it's the only game on the nine-game slate tonight where both teams have winning records. So certainly a fun game to watch. And, you know, this could be one that will stay close as well. Philly currently favored by seven and a half, but OKC has been playing really well lately. So, um That'll be fun from a basketball perspective. How about fantasy? We've got some news with OKC. We've got Nolan's Noel out. So how does that affect this matchup for you? So that's just going to you know, give a little bit of a boost for me to Steven Adams. I think Muscala is going to be the backup big that fills in off the bench. Minimum salary, he's an option. Uh, he doesn't have that high of a ceiling, but at minimum salary, if it makes it work, it makes you feel like you're getting all the guys that you want in there. Um, I don't mind it. You know, I think there's some better options that we'll get to for a little bit more later, uh, but I, it's, I'm not going to cross them off my board just yet. And Steven Adams, I think, is going to have to get a big boost. At the end of the day, they're going to need somebody to play with Joel Embiid if this game stays close. He's the only guy that they're going to have left with Noel off the court. So um, he's a little high in price tag. 6900 is not what I want to pay for him, especially going against Philly. But if he ends up playing 35 to 38 minutes, like he might have to, um, you know, that he, he could easily get to and pay off that salary. So those are the main two guys I'm looking at. Uh, I don't have a ton of interest in anybody else, to be honest. I just don't want to pick this spot going against Philly. They're well-rounded. They have good bench defense as well. So, um, you know, if you want to take a shot on a guy like Schroeder, he's the guy that I probably would over Shea and Chris Paul just because that salary savings of almost a grand. But I don't think it's a you know, must-play or a necessary thing to do. Yeah, he's the other guy I had circled there on the OKC side. I like him uh, matched up against that Philadelphia bench. So I, I would take some shots at Schroeder at 6.3. How about over on the 76ers side? You like any of those price tags? Uh, no, I don't really. I don't want to play anybody on that on on the Philly side to be honest. It's uh, if I'm looking at anybody, it would probably be like a guy like Tobias Harris in a tournament. 
And it's basically because he's either 26 or 40. Uh, and, you know, you're hoping that you're on the side of 40 and you're good. You're good with that at 6,400. Um, you can also take advantage of the matchup. You know, uh, the, if you look, he's probably going to draw a low ownership because if you pay attention to the opposing player rank on DK, it'll say first. But they've given up a, a fair amount of points to uh, guys that are actually power forwards playing small forward. There's a little bit of a difference than just regular small forwards. Yeah, and he's under that mid-6K range a little bit. He's 6,400, so not a bad spot there. But I agree with you. I'm not, in general, I'm not that attracted to these 76ers. So, all right, let's get ready to head to the second half of the slate here. Before we do that, we want to thank you for tuning in and following us on Twitter. You can find Mike at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find me at Language Olympic. Then you can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Our man Miles is M-Y-L-E-S-6565. Make sure you follow the news at Hoop Ball Fantasy. That's a great place to go on Twitter. And then when you have a sec, give us a rating, a review, uh, subscribe, thumbs up, likes. We really appreciate that. All right, without further ado, let's get to the rest of the slate. We're going to go down to Atlanta next. We've got Denver Traveling to Atlanta, this is a 223-point total. Denver favored by 7.5. This is a game I kind of like as a sneaky snack, a sneaky stack. Ooh, hungry. Yeah, sneaky <laughs> snack. I want one of those two now. Um, so um, how about you, Mike? Do you like this game in general? Yeah, I mean, it's all going to be about how you game script it at the end of the day. Uh, Atlanta, we've seen two sides of Atlanta. You know, it's night and day. We've seen them stick into games against top teams, even beat them in some cases. And we've seen them get blow out by like 30 or 40 by the Knicks or something. So it's anything can happen in this game. That's kind of why it's probably that middle of the road spread. John Collins uh, is expected to play, I believe. I think that's why that spread's also seven and a half points. If he wasn't playing, it would probably be something more like 10. Um, so that definitely helps them and, and helps them. So I think if you're if you're game scripting this and you're confident that's going to stay close, Jokic is obviously a phenomenal play at 9,200. Um, I think I'd also be looking at Will Barton at 71. Those would probably be my two primary options. If you're game scripting it to get out of hand a little bit, um, I think Michael Porter Jr. makes a lot of sense at 4,200. Uh, recent talk is that he's going to be playing 25 minutes or roughly around that uh, going forward. But, uh, you know, it just makes sense that if that's his base floor around 20 to 25, then it, this game gets out of hand. He'd probably be looking at high 20s. He's a great point per minute guy. So um, he'd probably be my main focus if this game gets out of hand. Uh, and I know you're a big Plumley guy, so uh, you'll probably mention him. And I don't mind him at the end of the day, depending on your game scripting it. He's a solid point per minute guy anyway. He can easily just get it done in 15, 18 minutes uh, regardless. Yeah, he's always worth a look at 3.9. And I, I like your calls there, especially Porter. I like that fact about his playing time. And I'm also going to look at Jamal Murray. He is questionable but expected to play, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I believe him and uh, Millsap are questionable, but they're both expected to play. Okay. So 7.6 going up against Trey Young. Um, with that questionable tag, I may snag him a little bit, hope to get him at lower ownership. And with him going against Trey Young and vice versa, do you like that matchup at all for Trey Young, or is that too much? I'm honestly probably not going to touch too much on the Hawks, uh, just the way that my lineups are coming out. I don't mind paying 9800 for Trey Young. Um, at the end of the day, it, I'll probably have a couple shares. I haven't finished building all, all of mine yet. I'm about halfway through. Uh, still some tinkering with some last-minute stuff that I know is going to come out. But um, I'll probably end up having a couple shares of him just because of what his upside is. It makes sense if you're going to play him to have one of those cheaper guys other than Jokic because you know, otherwise you're fully investing in this game. There's a lot of other guys that are 8K and above that 
you know, we've mentioned that we'll get to that are in fantastic spots. So um, it's it's all going to depend on the construction. But I will have like probably like two shares uh, out of 20 lineups. I'm not going to go overboard. I think, you know, that 10 percent number is a fair amount for them. OK, great. Well, um, let's move on to the next game, which is Utah against New Orleans. And the big news there is that Drew Holiday's out. So who are you going to be targeting in the backcourt? Uh, well, we have to imagine that Reddick probably draws a start. I think he's more than a fair price tag. He's definitely one of those solid value plays I was mentioning earlier that we would get to and we're here. Uh, so I definitely think he's an option that we can look at. Um, you know, we've seen him, you know, really capitalize more or less when a lot of those other guys were out when he was getting funneled shots. Uh, I think Ingram was out. I think Holiday Ball. There's a few people that were out at the time, but he'll still see his fair share in shot attempts, especially in a game like this. They're going to need him to spread the floor, kind of pull everything away from the uh, the paint. They don't want to mess with Gobert down there. So I would expect some decent shot attempts. You can also look at Hart coming off the bench at the same exact price. Both those guys are, you know, just solid one-offs. Uh, but otherwise, I'm not going to be looking at favors. I don't want to pick on uh, a guy going against Rudy Gobert, his former teammate. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I think he's a solid play at 8,400. It's a tough matchup. So I think when we speak about, you know, just price, you know, actual price not taken into account of position, I'd much rather play a guy like Vucevic going against the Nets than Ingram going against uh, the Jazz. But I still think he'll get you to right around that 40-point mark. Uh, Lonzo Ball, 6,800, rock-solid option, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the price tag is getting up there. You, you know, if he's going to have 20 shot attempts again, I would imagine it might be with, with Holiday out. So I'm not crossing him off, but I'm not making him uh, any sort of primary focus of mine. Yeah, I definitely like that call of Ingram over Vucevic. How about for Utah? Anybody you like over there? Uh, I love, 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 love. Uh, can't stress it enough. Love Rudy Gobert. Um, I, he's probably my favorite center. I'm hoping, you know, as much as I like Vucevic, I like these guys both a lot, but I'm expecting Rudy to kind of fall in with a slightly lower ownership. Um, he's just in an absolutely phenomenal spot. 7,900 uh, is, is a great price tag for him. I mean, we've been paying 88 and 80 something for him for the past couple of weeks. So I'm perfectly fine with playing some Rudy Gobert. I would expect me to be uh, overweight on him. Um, between him and Vucevic are going to be two my two primary centers I'm playing on tonight's slate. Yeah, his price really has been volatile. So that's an opportunity to buy low on him. And I kind of like me some Joe Ingles at 5.7. I don't mind some jingling, Joe. Um, you're not, not going to talk me out of it? No, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a great game environment. You just got to hope that, uh, you know, with Holiday off the uh, off the floor that they can, you know, keep in touch or keep it intact. That's the only issue you have to worry about. But I'm not treating this game like it has some real blowout risk. I'm going to attack it like I would uh, any other night. And I think Joe Ingles is good exposure. Uh, but if you wanted to play Donovan Mitchell at 81, I'm not going to knock you. I'm usually scared off of the Drew Holiday defense, but with him out, I don't have to worry about that. And it's actually the complete opposite with J.J. Redick on the floor. J.J. plays little to no defense. So uh, I think, you know, I'd probably make my primary options the two expensive guys. But if you want to get some exposure and play Joe Ingles and not pay up for those guys, I'm not going to knock you. I think that's a good idea as well. All right, great. Well, we've got three games to go here. The next one is Milwaukee against San Antonio. This is a recent rematch here, and it's a seven-point spread because it's in San Antonio. One of the higher totals on the board at 228-and-a-half. Uh, Connaughton is out. Giannis is in. Who do you like in this matchup? I'm not probably going to play anybody from this game. Uh, I know I know people probably will. I mean, I'm not going to knock you if you want to get some Giannis exposure. 
but I just don't think I'm going to do it. I think at the end of the day, I have enough value to go spend up on Luca, and I'm probably going to find myself doing that. And uh, I, I would say about 40% of my lineups out of the 20. So I'm going to have a fair share of Luca. Probably have maybe two shares of uh, Giannis, three shares of Giannis, because I also mentioned I'm going to have a couple shares of Trey Young. So I, at the end of the day, that's what I was talking about earlier. I got to cross some people out of my player pool. And Giannis is probably one of the guys I think at the end of the day I might just get a little exposure to. He's going to be low owned. Believe me, there's a lot of guys you could choose from. Uh, but I got to cross it off. I think I, I'm not going to go to him too much. I, I think, you know, we're looking at the tail of two, uh, two, uh, two halves. They played this teams twice this season. Uh, one game, it was fairly close. The other game smoked them, but oh no, actually I'm sorry. They only played once this season. I, I, I'm, I'm completely off or did they play twice? And Giannis only played once. Do you have that on you? Or am I, 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 believe, am I, making stuff up? I believe this is the second of the two matchups. Okay, so I'm pretty sure they waxed him in the first one. I could be I could be mistaken. But I know Giannis played very limited minutes. He only played 28 minutes. And if Giannis isn't playing more than 30-something minutes, I'm not paying for that price tag. That's the only, only thing you ever have to worry about when you're playing Giannis. Matchup doesn't matter. Nothing matters uh, in, except for his minutes. And I guess so matchup does in the aspect where if, if it's a blowout, they're going to limit him. Uh, he's been on the injury report probable for the past couple of weeks with that back injury or back soreness. So that's something that, you know, if they could take him off the court, if it's something that's still bothering him, they will. Yeah, you're right. He, uh, yeah, 31 minutes when they played, it was actually, oh, sorry, 28 minutes. So yeah, under 30 minutes. And, and that's certainly the concern. Um, cause it, that one did end up as a nine point game, but, uh, just hard to trust that we're going to get all the minutes that we want out of Giannis. So Okay, um, that is the the star here in the next game that you referenced. It's the one and only Luca. He's in that next game. It's Chicago traveling to Dallas, and Luca's at 12.2. He just destroyed Charlotte with a 39, 12, and 10 line. So is he the high-priced star that you're going to build your lineups um, with with him in mind tonight? Absolutely. Um, I think absolutely I will. It's just at the end of the day. Um, and it's it's they have nobody to guard him. I talk about how you know he basically plays point guard for him, but the Bulls uh, being very good at defending opposing backcourts all season long. But that's regular backcourts. It's that's it's not Luca. They run a three guard <laughs> set half the time. All guys six foot four, six foot five. I think Sadoransky might be uh, and under. Luca is going to be able to have his way in my opinion. Uh, no Chris Porzingis should see plenty of usage. I mean he's just the walking triple double threat. So I'd rather take the sense of security and that floor that I know I'm getting with him uh, with Porzingis out for I think he's about thirteen hundred more than Giannis because I think with all this value that we're going to you know get to in this next game there's a little bit in this game some of the ones that we already spoke about um, I should have no problem getting to him yeah you, you got to love it anytime Porzingis is out and um, you mentioned the word regular and of course he's he's there's nothing about him that's regular so um, that's um, I mean hey you can't you can't go wrong with Luca. so um, anybody on the other side you have any interest in I can't I can't really find anything that excites me. I'm looking at some Thad Young, uh, Laurie Markin, and I, I, you know, well, he's being he's, he's being doubtful, a, right? Doubtful game time decision. I'm pretty sure they already said Young was going to start, so that's just great news right off the rip as it is. So you're knowing that he's getting an increased floor of playing time. That you know, and with Markin and doubtful, 3700. He's a guy that I think you can you know put into one of your core situations. He's not the best point per minute guy, but we talk about a 3,700, you know, price tag. You're not looking for more than 2024. And with him in the starting lineup, uh, Dallas hasn't been that great in their front core all season long. 
So I have no problem getting some good exposure to Thad Young. Um, I also wanted to touch on, I kind of glanced over him on the Dallas side. Kleber's definitely still a play. He's just been rolling. 5,900 is a fair price tag. Uh, Chicago's front court's been pretty porous all season long. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind taking stabs at him and Doncic. Maybe not in the same lineup. I don't want to over myself, overexpose myself to Chicago. They tend to be low, lower scoring games. Uh, but I have no problem looking at both those guys. And then it's really just Thad Young on the other side of the ball for me as a value play. Uh, I'm never going to knock you if you want to play Levine, but I just don't see myself getting to him too much. All right, well, 3.7 may be the magic number here with our value plays at the end of this slate, because after Thaddeus Young, we're going to go on to the last game, which is Golden State against Sacramento, 214.5 total. Sacramento favored by 10.5 at home. But the big value play here with Draymond out is looking like Eric Paschal at 3.7. Yeah, I'm eating the chalk on that. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I typed it on Twitter earlier. I'm going to be eating the chalk. And I think a lot of it's going to be Thad Young and Eric Paschal. Uh, these guys are just both the same price tag, 3,700. They're both small forward and power forward eligible on DraftKings. It makes it so easy to play both of them, you know. Small forwards position I absolutely hate half the time. Um, and with Draymond out, this guy, we saw it earlier in the season. When Draymond and Russell were both out, he was shooting a ton. He was starting playing 35, 34 minutes. And he was a guy that was priced in like the mid-sixes uh, on DraftKings. So, like, I'm I'm going to be full on board with Pascal tonight. Um, I have no problems taking shots back on Burks. I mean, he, I, I spoke on it last time, last slate. I was jumping right back on the well against the Pistons. At the end of the day, he's going to, if he's playing 30 plus minutes, if the game's intact, uh, he's going to be taking close to 20 shot attempts. Uh, he's that shooting tar- guard type player going against the Kings. I always mention shooting guards going against them. It's something like the target. So that also puts Glenn Robinson into play at 4,800, who should see some pretty fair share of minutes. I'm not going to knock you if you want to play Damian Lee. 61, it's a great game atmosphere. I, I, I like a lot on this Golden State side of the ball, if you can't tell. I'm going to be mixing and matching these guys a ton. Um, and even keep an eye on the lineup. They've been kind of shifting around. Uh, I know Kai Bowman, is his 45-day uh, contract is going to be expiring over like the next, I think it's like 10, 9 to 10 games or so. So they might take a couple more shots at seeing what he looks like as a, as a starting point guard before they send him back down to the G League. All right, well, that'll be fun with Pascal and, and those wings. So that'll be a, a lineup to target. And then on the other side, Buddy Heald at 7.2 with Bogdan out. Do you like him or do you like Fox? Uh, pay a little bit more for Fox? Um, I think Buddy's, you know, he's fair. He's fair price and everything. But yeah, I think I'd rather pay up on Fox at the end of the day. I, I like what Fox is doing at the end. Uh, and I like this matchup for him. I think it's very good for him. Um, you know, shot attempts have been there for him. Double digits, at least the last, uh, I think every game he's came back, at least for the past four or five games. Uh, we've seen his ceiling, that one big game against Memphis where he put up 59 and a half. And, uh, you know, he's a volatile player when you look at his floor. But I don't think I'm as concerned about the floor in this type of matchup. He should be able to run wild. Yeah, I like it when he's getting double-digit shots and, you know, 15 or more. Then then you're really getting a nice full line with him because you know he's going to produce with the assists and the steals. So uh, any other bigs or anybody else from this game you like? Um, no, I mean, I'm looking at Belizia. Um, I think he's a fair price tag. I kind of like the matchup for him, especially with Draymond out. So I don't mind going to him as, you know, some exposure uh, if, you, if you don't want to spend up on a guy like Fox. Um, and another guy we can keep an eye on is someone maybe like Trevor Ariza. Uh, at the end of the day, Bogdanovich being out, it's going to open up some bench minutes. Uh, Ariza is a guy that's already playing like low, low to mid 20s, sometimes even the 30 range. So wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, touch 30, maybe get, a, you know, right up there to 32. Um, and that's probably it. I mean, at the end of the day, you could play a guy like Barnes, you know, going against his former team and everything like that. 
Uh, I haven't played Harrison Barnes all season long, and I really don't have any intentions on doing it. Um, and then Rashawn Holmes, he's just an absolute stud, uh, 6,600. I'm not going to knock you for the price tag. He's power forward eligible, so that helps because I already mentioned about two centers I really like. So I can't just keep all these centers in there, but uh, him having uh, dual eligibility definitely helps me get some exposure to him. Okay, well done. Nice evaluation. So that's the nine-game slate. We'll wrap it up with our trivia question. And speaking of centers, Mike, do you want to take a shot at the individual block, block record of 17? All right. So I and I didn't look this up, so I, I might be wrong. I think the obvious guesses would be Kareem and Wilt, right? Those are the ones that you instantly think yes. it is. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Shaquille O'Neal put up a monstrous triple-double involving blocks in there. And I just don't remember if it was on the Magic or when he was on the Lakers. So I'm going to go with Shaq. Okay. Nice guess. I know he's on the list of guys who've had more than 10 blocks, but it is a lesser-known guy. It's Elmore Smith. He did it in the 70s. You know, they didn't keep blocks as an official stat until 73-74. So we didn't get Wilt or Kareem at that time. It was Elmore Smith, of all people. So there's your fun fact of the day. And um, blocks was the theme of the night. So hopefully our our centers can get some blocks tonight. Uh, Mike, thanks for jumping on last minute here to do this pod. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, man. I see. I think, uh, you know, we should just say good luck tonight, guys. I really like this slate. Have fun. Uh, you know, don't go out there and go crazy with the bankroll. Uh, but, I mean, you guys probably have a good idea what a lot of my lineups will look like. So uh, I don't even need to be transparent. I mean, it's that simple. You were. I, 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 I already was. Uh, you tomorrow, lived it. Tomorrow you're going to know if I did well or you're going to – you don't even need to listen to the pod. It's going to be that <laughs> simple. Right. Uh, right. I'm going to be all in on guys like Thad Young and Pascal, and I'm going to be playing a lot of Doncic. I'm going to be getting exposure all over the place to J.J. Redick and a lot of those guys in that Boston uh, game and the Atlanta game. So have fun. This is a great slate for DFS. It is. So thanks for giving us that insight and, and the enthusiasm for the slate. Uh, one more shout-out to mybookie.ag. Please go over there, and with your deposit, use the promo code DFS today. That's D-F-S-T-O-D-A-Y, spelled just like the show. And that will wrap up the show for tonight. Uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow for the Tuesday Slate. For Mike Patria, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us on Hoopball DFS Today. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.